everybody, we have another awesome episode of Real Chills for you. Before we get into our guests for today, I do want to mention Real Chills turned three recently. Yay! Happy birthday to us. So exciting. Uh, to celebrate, we're having a little contest over on our Instagram. So you can go to Real Chills Podcast on Instagram, like, comment, and share that post, and you'll be in the running to win some cool merch. So that's exciting. Uh, but without further ado, our guest today was Patrick Keller of the Big Seance Podcast. Patrick is awesome. His podcast uh, is created for all those paranormal nerds and weirdos out there. Um, so there's definitely like a, a kinship. You should check it out. He's been featured on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. And he's had a lot of really popular guests, his most famous being the Yuri Geller. And if that's not enough, he is the reason we get to listen to this podcast today. We had some technical difficulties, but Luckily, thanks to Patrick, we are able to salvage this episode and give you something really fun. So I hope you enjoy it. You're listening to Real Chills with Meg Getz. Real scary, real silly, real stories. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Chills. Meg here. I'm so excited for our guest today. He's super talented and funny and just fun. Patrick Keller of Big Sounds Podcast. How are you? Oh my gosh, I'm great. We just had <laughs> you on my podcast and it's like a happy hour just chilling here yeah. laughing and telling stories and I feel like I, I have a new friend already and I love the fact that you're a comic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they know it. They're not the, the novelty yeah. worn off on this podcast. For sure. <laughs> I'm glad you're still excited about it and it does it, it has a little bit of like a sleepover vibe right like after this episode we can talk about boys finally like who oh. Yeah, make our yeah. top five lists. I don't know if you did that in high school, but that was a big thing. <laughs> the top five, you know. Uh, I, I think you're assuming I was way cooler than um, I really was. On that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if, I mean, I looking back, I was like, oh, I was actually pretty cool. But at the time, I definitely thought I was a loser. But uh, that's a story for a different podcast, I think. <laughs> Um, so, you know, we always start the podcast the same way. We always ask our guests, where do you stand on the paranormal? Are you more of like a skeptic or like a full-blown true believer? This answer is going to probably make you stab your face off and it frustrates <laughs> me as well. And my listeners hear it all the time. I 50-50 want every single thing to be real. And I'm obsessed with everything in the paranormal and want it to be real. At this same time, mm. I will fight with myself and roll my eyes and try to write it off. And especially when it when it comes to like people who send evidence to you or send that sure. you know ghosty video to you or, and you know, I've been I've done uh, a bit of paranormal investigating in the past, too. And so that part of my brain wants to say, well, are you just really gullible right now? Like, are, <laughs> did you think about this? Did you think about that? And I, you know, I, I've done a lot of EVP experimenting in my life and I will never, ever, ever say, oh yeah, this is an EVP. Cause part of my brain is you don't know if it's an EVP, you don't know if it's this. So I fight with my brain 
all the time. I'm obsessed with all of the topics and I'll talk about it, but I'm constantly telling the other side of my brain to shut up. Does that, does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. I think, I mean, I think everyone wants to be seen as rational, especially because like society, I mean, it's getting better. It's getting way better, but society in general tends to think you're crazy for believing in this stuff. So, you know, it makes sense to want to make an effort to discredit it, but it is good that you're still so open and like willing to be like, all right, I can't figure this out. (laughs) You know, like, well, I have to tell you, honestly, I feel like if anything is changing, you know, I, I came to a lot of this stuff later in life. I, I know you grew up with a lot of these experiences and most of your life have kind of had an interest in this. I, I did not. It's been the last 10 or 12 years that I started getting interested in this world and in this field. And if anything, the more I, you know, the more interviews I have on my show, the more I read, the more experiences I have, if anything, I'm getting more skeptic slightly. And that kind of makes me sad. Cause I'm like, wow. it was so fun. It was so dreamy and, you know, and it's like, yeah, but you can't control it either. You know, you can't stuff it back in the box, you know? Um, I mean, there's, I, there's still plenty. I definitely am a believer in the afterlife and ghosts. Right. It just specific examples, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm like, well, I don't know if this case was or blah. Oh yeah. That, you know. No, I totally, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, do you, what is that couple, that parent, um, Ed and the Warrens? Ed and Lorraine Warren, yes. Looking into them was a big dis, like moment of disillusionment for me because I wanted them to be, and they might, some of the stuff they did could have legitimacy, but there's definitely more of it that doesn't. So that, I understand like that aspect of the heartbreaking Um, Are you saying like you're reading stuff and like disproving it? Like you're reading things and going, oh, this isn't correct. Well, I think as far as the reading goes, um, you know, I've read a ton of books by psychic mediums. I am a sucker for a book by psychic mediums and I love psychic mediums. The more books you read, you start seeing that um, one of the things that bugs me is that a lot of psychic mediums will say, and this is how it is. Or this is what happens and this is what it looks like and this is how it works. And then you read 27 other books by psychic mediums and they each have a different view. Or sometimes I see people that will, you know, I'll read their stuff or interview them or whatever. And their answers sound so much like another. And I'm like, well, how do you like, are you just reading other interpretations of it and kind of repeating that or, um, you know, why, why is we, it can't be 27 different ways, you know? So like that, that makes it hard for me. I also just, I'm very, as far as the paranormal kind of investigation side of things, (laughs) I, I give paranormal investigation a hard time while I make fun of myself too, because um, every paranormal team tends to have like the biggest, like redneck, you know, huge guy in overalls that seems yeah. in charge, you know, and I'm like, yeah. why are you in charge? Like, have, <laughs> have you even read a book lately? Like, what's up with that? Um, <laughs> you know, and it's always, you know, the black t-shirts and right, right. Uh, looking like, uh, you know, people on my show have talked about how they always look like a heavy metal band, they you know, do. album cover. <laughs> yeah. 
it. So I criticized that. that, But at the same time, my paranormal team, when I had a paranormal team for a couple of years, one of our team photos is us wearing our black shirts peeking out of a cornfield. So I'm like, can you please, can I please make that the graphic for this episode? You may can you send it to me? <laughs> it's like, why? I love it. Like I criticize it, but at the same time, I'm in it. You know, the paranormal peeps are weirdo peeps. Like when you, right. the paranormal tourism is a big thing. You know, like when I go to the Stanley, or when you go to any of right. these haunted places, because of the fact that they're haunted. Um, I will roll my eyes at all the straight up weirdos walking around with their gadgets yeah. while at the same time, I'm like, I'm a part of this. Community. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like me with comedy. Like I see people with props and like, I'm like, Oh, that guy's a loser. And then I'm like, I hope they like my jokes. You know, like the same. <laughs> so funny. Oh my God. <laughs> I get what you mean though, because there's people who go all in to the point where it's like, you're not using any discernment here. You're, you're, it's almost harmful to the community to be that way, to dress up like that and act a certain way. And, and it's disrespectful to the spaces you're investigating in a way too. I mean, it's fine to like have style, like a style and, you know, try to communicate, but I see, I definitely know what you're talking about. There's and I've, I've also learned to back up. Too. I've learned to back up and like stay in my lane. And sure. when I, it's, it's partly why I got out of paranormal investigation because I was taking things so seriously and losing sleep, you know, with a day job, spending all of your nights, not sleeping, going over evidence and pretending like you're a scientist. And it's like, yeah. you're not a scientist. I'm not a scientist. I really don't. So I can't, I can't really apply science to it if I'm not. And I'm going to just write off everything anyway, or at least that's what it seemed like. And um, my goal was to always just help people. That was the thing. I, you know, I wasn't a fan of going around and investigating all the haunted touristy places, just, you know, paying for it or whatever, and just doing it for fun. Um, I kind of rolled my eyes at that at the time. And I was like, I want to help people. Well, then at that point, the paranormal investigation was getting so popular and there were so many teams out. It was so saturated. I wasn't getting calls anymore. Mm. And I was like, well, I guess it's, I guess it's time to stop. But Aww. then what I kind of realized is that I need to, I need to step back and just enjoy the paranormal. It was stressing me out, yeah. trying to decide whether something was paranormal and what was not paranormal and what was. I was like, get over yourself, pull yourself back enjoy it, like go to the spaces for fun. So I, I do think it's okay to go to spaces for fun, you know, be respectful, sure. but, um, you know, I, I love, um, my podcast more now just because mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, you let sometimes you believe things or not. And, but just, you know, learn about people and, and be dorky and, and have fun with the paranormal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. I have a few questions before we get to your story. Um, have you ever, through your investigations, found a piece of evidence that you were unable to write off? Unable to write off. Um, I would say yes. Okay. There, I guess I would give you two examples. I have um, an EVP or 
what I would assume is an EVP. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm not going to fully say it, I'm not writing it off, but um, uh, one of our first investigations actually of my team has a pretty uh, fascinating EVP that I just love. And um, there's, uh, well, I guess I have a couple of EVP from different investigations that to me in my brain, and even though I know other people, I do it too. And I hear other people's evidence. I'm like, yeah, right. Because you weren't there, right? You weren't there. You weren't in the spot. But um, I do have a couple of EVP that are like that, that I'm like, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's not normal, right? There's, there's Mm -hmm. something there. And um, the other thing is I used to do a lot of EVP experimenting just in my home, specifically in my last home. And uh, I was inspired by a couple of Um, you know, early American Mm -hmm. EVP researchers. And, and so I did for, oh my gosh, I think for months I was doing almost daily EVP experiments and trying different ways of going about doing it. And, And this is when I was blogging. So I was blogging about it too, but there are probably three or four days where I was definitely in communication with something rapping or knocking in my house. And I have a lot of audio from that. And you know, when you're in your house, you get, you, you know what the sounds your houses make, right? The creaks and the knocks. And, you know, I always know after, you know, someone turns a shower off in this house, you know, you're going to hear knocks for a while at certain times or whatever. There were a couple of days where my mind was blown where I'm like, hey, you know, if you're if you're here, can you make a couple of of knocks? And you hear knock knock. Can you, you know, if you're da, 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 knock knock, like <laughs> loud knocks for like two or three times, and then all of a sudden they were gone. So I call them my rapper. <laughs> Your rapper. My rapper. So I had like <laughs> blogs like my conversation with the rapper or the rapper stopped by, you know. Um, that's fascinating to me. And I haven't ever had that. I feel like it took a lot of preparation to get there and a lot of like, oh my gosh, grooming is like the wrong word to use, but you know, like uh, developing like a, yeah. a friendship almost like <laughs> grooming. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> that sounded horrible. Not grooming. Like, yeah. Courting them, you know, <laughs> sure. this entity yeah. and like making them feel safe and wanting to learn. Right. And, uh, and, you know, of course, part of me is always going to say, you've lost your mind. You, that was nothing paranormal. But the other part of me is like, I've never had that experience again. It was, there was nothing like it. And it was like three days in a row. And if I reached out right now to have that happen, nothing would happen. So yeah, it blows my mind that anyone, so we had other paranormal investigators, Ron Yacovetti. I'm not sure if you know who he is in Lourdes. Um, they, they do the same thing. They do EVPs in their house. And I guess, cause I grew up in a haunted house and my mom was so strict about, don't you dare bring a Ouija board or an EVP into this house. Cause we, we have a very like sensitive balance that whenever I hear people are, are willing to investigate their own homes, it just like my brain explodes. Like, weren't you afraid? Like, cause I feel like it's opening a door or did you feel like you could close it? Like, um, well, I think. I was reading a lot at that time. I mean, I still read at that time. I was in my early on in what I call my spiritual shift where I was craving all of this stuff and wanting to learn about it. And a lot of what I was reading was not 
fearful stuff. And I don't necessarily believe that when I am doing an EVP session in my home or Ouija for that example, or for, for that matter, I don't necessarily believe that it is a ghost next to my recorder in my house talking to me. You know, I kind of feel like it can be from anywhere, you know, from, from other places on the other side. So I don't necessarily (laughs) believe that a house has to be haunted to reach out and communicate. Now I say that as someone who's definitely not a psychic and a medium, by the way, I'm, I'm totally not, but that's just kind of how I feel about it. Now being in a haunted house, I think it's probably definitely helpful if you want to have communication. I don't ever feel like I've lived in a haunted house ever. So, but I definitely don't have a fear of like Ouija boards. And part of that is having good friends who, you know, Karen A. Dahlman is a good friend of mine and she's a, a Ouija board expert. And um, oh, that's a cool thing to be has authored about. books about the Ouija board. Wow. And so I don't fear it. And one of the reasons why I don't fear it is because I never get any activity from it. <laughs> so it's like, why? Like, fair, I'm, fair. you know, I've never had, you know, if I had a negative experience about it, my feelings would probably be different. But I make the joke about it on my podcast that, you know, I have Ouija boards lying around here. And, you know, a lot of times they're just coasters on my table because they don't, <laughs> well, you know, I, I cry and nothing ever happens. <laughs> I just saw um, on my TikTok that my personal one, there was a Scooby-Doo Ouija board. And I was like, what is this like Monopoly games now? There's like, you could talk to a demon on like a SpongeBob Ouija board. That's insane to me. Just the thought. And at that point I was like, maybe I do want one, you know, cause it looked the Scooby-Doo one was the planchette was the mystery machine. I was like, damn. I'll, I'll hook you up with a couple of books that might, that might kind of open your mind about Ouija boards. Yeah. I don't necessarily, to me in my mind, um, like any of the paranormal tools, most of them, I mean, I don't know all of them, but most of the paranormal tools are pretty much all in the same category. Like to me, I don't think the Ouija board is any different than sitting with a recording trying to get an EVP or uh, dowsing rods or a spirit box. To me, I mean, I think uh, the Ouija board has a bad rap from films and movies. And um, but at the same time, I would never discount someone's experiences. You know, like I I haven't had any negative experiences doesn't mean that someone has not. Right. I have two things, a recommendation for you and a question. And the question is fading. Oh, no. We do. (laughs) Well, the recommendation is, oh, yeah, no questions back. The recommendation is um, if you get the chance, read the reviews for Ouija boards online. They're really funny. Uh, we did it as a game. So we used to do games on the podcast. Uh, we're kind of changing the format, but one of the games was like, is this a real review or did I just write it? And you had to try to figure out. And it was hard because they were so insane. But um, the question is, uh, and this, take your time answering this because it might be a little bit like, because you read so much. For someone getting into the paranormal or, you know, just in general, is there a book you would recommend that was like the best? Like you read it and it altered the way you thought about things or it just kind of changed your perspective in a way that surprised you. I am going to pull up my site really quick because I have recommended reading. Okay. Um, That is a a difficult question. I can tell you that the first book that I credit it for being one of the biggest things that started me on my paranormal shift 
And that is a book by James Van Prague, who is a, do you know James Van Prague? Mm-mm. He's a psychic medium. And the book is Ghosts Among Us. Okay. And I don't necessarily think that it's probably the greatest book by a psychic medium, but for me, it was the first and, or one of the firsts. And I remember that was, you know, some of those early books that I read, it was the first thing that made me not fear death. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I grew up, um, my background was Southern Baptist and, you know, there's a lot of dogma. There's a lot of dogma in a lot of religions, but, you know, heaven, hell, and, you know, growing up a gay kid, you know, there was all that bigotry and stuff that is put into your brain. But, you know, even as adult, even though I wasn't, you know, I, I, I had been running away from the church for years by that point and just kind of wrote it off. But mm-hmm. even as an adult, you know, weird stuff stays in your, the brainwashing stays in your head. Right. And some of those early books about life on the other side, or we don't die or Mm -hmm. things like that. All of a sudden I didn't have a fear of, am I going to be burning in hell? That's amazing (laughs) that that did that for you. Do I need to fear death? And I don't anymore that, but that was one of the first benefits I got out of this spiritual shift. So that was, or any good book by a psychic medium. Um, she is given a hard time a lot, but um, Sylvia Brown, who, you know, I think passed away like within the last 10 years, she is kind of a older famous psychic for years. She was on TV and so, and she's criticized a lot, but I'm telling you her books are like, Oh, you know, when you read them, uh, particularly her book, I think it's really called uh, Life on the Other Side. Uh, amazing. And then just a book that got me into more of the paranormal investigation is Sarah Estep, who is really the first American EVP researcher who um, I think she... Uh, she was really around in the 70s, 80s. Um, her experiments and her book, Voices of Eternity, is what inspired me to do a lot of the EVP. Karen A. Dahlman's book, by the way, is The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication. She's been cool. uh, communicating for four decades, and uh, that would be... I don't know if you want to put that here or back there, but that would be um, her book. So this kind of relates to you, your podcast. So listeners, you have to go listen to get what this reference is. Um, it's getting all of these book recommendations are getting me excited to buy a little bookcase for my goth fist and just fill it with <laughs> all of these like really important and, you know, impressive like books. It, it sounds like they did have like a really big effect on you and, I do think the fear of death is what gets a lot of people into paranormal investigating. And, uh, you know, it's weird. You know, I wasn't Baptist. I was uh, like Catholic, Roman Catholic, I guess. Um, But it was the same thing. Like when I lost my religion because of how harsh it was, like I I just I liked the message. I just didn't like the rules. So um, the biggest thing that I felt I had lost was like my peace about dying because 
you know, you grow up and you're like, yeah, dying's fine. I'm going to go to heaven. It's fine. But, you know, as you get older and more complicated as a person, it, it gets scary. And I do think through these stories, you know, I am bummed because I have ego, which I need to work on that. I won't get to stay me forever because I don't believe that anymore, but I don't believe that I just disappear. And that gives me a sort of peace, you know? Oh, I totally get what you're saying with the, with the ego, because um, one of the arguments we have on our show a lot is when you die, what if you don't want to immediately cross over to the other side? Like there's yeah. so many memes <laughs> that are like, follow the light, go into the light, because if you wait, it might disappear and then you don't yeah. want to be earthbound and whatever. And some of us, there's a group of listeners, you know, we're like, well, what if I want to hang out? Like, I, yeah. <laughs> There's some yeah. things I want to do when I die before. I mean, I want to go to the other side. I want to experience Eventually, all that. Trust yeah. me. You know, I want to have that Nirvana experience. But as a paranormal nerd, there's some people I want to haunt. There's some people yeah. I promised. I've promised that I like I have a pact with my mom. We have right. a pact together that we're going to drop by and pass on different you know, we're going to try to communicate with each other. Like, and I want to do that. But at the same time, I also have a little fear. Like, am I going to get stuck? Is it okay if I hang out right. here? <laughs> and then you have to wait for a priest and he's really busy. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like, can I just control that and do what I want? Or yeah, it, there's so many. <laughs> yeah. That's questions. so interesting. Yeah. Cause I know I talked to a comic, Sean Murphy, and he was like, I just, he's way skeptical. Cause he's like, I just, I don't understand how people would stay. Like, why would they stay here when they can just move? You know, it's earth. And I'm like, I guess, I mean, I, I don't get ghosts that you see at their job. We talked about that. That makes me sad. I'm like, move oh, on. Don't who would want to do that? Especially, <laughs> yeah. especially if you're chilling, working at Walmart or Taco Bell, yeah. you know, who would want to stay there for real? <laughs> yeah, no, move on if that's what you're doing. But like I, the wanting to see family and making sure they're comforted, like that makes a lot of sense to me. Totally. One more question before we get into your story, which I'm really excited about. Have you ever been to see a psychic? Have you seen many? I, most of my um, experiences with psychic meeting mediums have been, um, you know, on the podcast. So sure. sometimes I'll also get a reading. Um, I never ask for them. Uh, sometimes, you know, and sometimes I get to know mediums quite well. I have some friends that are mediums. And so I, I do sometimes just come across readings like that. Um, but I have had a few legit like reached out and um, had a reading from a psychic medium. Wow. Probably not as many as a lot of people would think, but I have had readings. And I do have to say, this is another thing that bums me. And, you know, my audience knows this. I have never really had a reading that has just blown me away. Or or knocked me over. You know, there are little little hits <laughs> here and there, little <laughs> confirmation here or there that I know they're connecting with something. But I've never just had that big. Oh my gosh, I was talking to Grandma right. kind of reading. Now my mom has had a lot of readings. She has, you know, she has a, a just a local psychic medium who no one would ever know that she goes to, <laughs> and. She's had a lot of, I mean, blown her away wow. experiences. And, you know, I'm also, 
I have to sometimes when I'm talking to my mom, I'm like, okay, now mom, now remember, you know, like, did you, did you give her your name or has she been on your Facebook? (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. Sometimes I worry about people being gullible, but at the same time, like I said, I don't want to have my skepticism completely write off someone's experiences, but myself, I am still craving that one medium experience that makes me cry, makes me have no doubt that uh, there was a connection. I I feel you. So I, I have a cousin who passed away really suddenly. And um, because it was so sudden, I desperately would love for someone. So, and now this is out in the world. So I can absolutely, I'll never know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, all I want from like, a, like, I haven't really talked to any psychics that deal with people who've passed on. It's more like tarot and you know, mm-hmm. telling you what could happen in the future. It's never exact, but like, here's where you're headed type deal. But I'm actually, uh, it's the both like what you're saying where I, I want it so badly, but I'm also afraid to, to ask for it. So I just haven't pursued those types of psychics. Um, but God, it would be, it would be so like fulfilling to me to have that. <laughs> like I think about it all the time where I'm like, I just want a psychic to come into my life out of nowhere and be like, Hey, you know, I have a message for you and it's, it's, I'm fine now and everything's okay. You know, like, Oh yeah. And let me just tell you how frustrating it is because I've spent not so much now. I mean, I, I don't spend hours like putting myself in positions, trying to have spirit communication, spirit communication is really like, I'm fascinated with it. Um, you know, five, 10 years ago, I used to really put myself in those positions a lot because I was interested and I wanted to have that experience. Um, but you know, even with my, my loved ones who have crossed over, it's like, I will sit here and say, Oh my gosh, I'm giving you all these opportunities and please reach out. I'm going to be with this medium. Please reach out or yeah. I'll sit down with the spirit box or I'll sit down and, you know, communicate with them. I'm reaching out. I feel like I'm reaching out all the time because I'm open to it. And then you never have that moment. And yeah. so um, I do think that part of that is probably my skepticism that closes kind of puts a, a block. A wall up. Yeah. Without even you know? realizing it. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that it's just. I think some people have different abilities. I think it's like eye color. I think it's like gender. I think it's a spectrum. And, you know, there's just something maybe that, but at the same time, I don't want to say that and then block it off for real. But I think that I, I'm just never going to be that person maybe that has these experiences, but you know, I I, (laughs) I do too. I mean, I've had, I mean, clearly you're going to hear in a few minutes, I've had experiences, but you know, it wasn't with grandma. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, he has probably more important people to talk like, you know, his mom and his siblings. So I'm like, I'm lower on the list anyway, but I'm the one in the paranormal. So I'm like, do you want me to send a message? You know, like I can convey and I, you know, at his funeral, it was at a hotel that he worked at. And because my name was Getz, they used Getz shampoo. And they're like, oh, that's such a funny coincidence here. Have a bottle to take home because they were really nice. And then I get home and I cannot, it's like a twisty top and I cannot get it to open. And my cousin was like a jokester. He had like the craziest laugh. He was so funny and I can't get it open. I'm pulling as hard as I can. I'm twisting, I'm twisting, pulling. I put it down and I'm like, Brian, if you're messing with me, can you please stop? And it pops open. Oh my gosh. 
That's awesome. And I felt, I feel like that there, because I wasn't touching it. Anyway, so that's my, like, he did, it's not like he's ignoring me, but I'm like, all right, it was that, that's it. Like, you're going to be gone now. <laughs> like, you know. When the sports world was introduced to two new team names within a week, comedian Dave Primiano told his friend and fellow comedian Dan Getz, we should do a limited series podcast where we rank all the team names in sports. And they did just that. And after they were done, they decided, hey, let's just keep ranking stuff. Thus was born the Rank Bank, where each week they are joined by a panel of experts, aka fellow comedians, to rank all things ranging from the unimportant to the really unimportant. New episodes drop on Mondays and sometimes Tuesday if it's a two-parter. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore rank underscore bank. Let me, there's, I have a, a thing like that, that I annoy myself. Like I said, I fight with myself all the time. Yeah. But um, in my blogging days, before I even started the podcast, I um, was doing, um, writing a few blogs on EVP research and I was giving people, um, advice and how to go about starting EVP research, how to basically. Right. And so I'm sitting here for hours, just kind of putting together, doing some research, putting together a blog post. And at that house I had in that space where I was blogging a cabinet, a two door cabinet where I kept all of my Paranormal tools, Ouija boards, ghosty things, spirit communication stuff, right? Like this is my nerdy paranormal Sweet. cabinet. And, and it latches, you know, and I'm sitting there doing this, this post. And then all of a sudden I hear clink and I look over to my right and one of the cabinet doors goes plunk and pops oh, no. open. And I turn and I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I'm like, Oh God, I got to finish this blog post. And so I keep working and two hours late, just because my OCD brain's like, oh, you got to get this done, right? Mm-hmm. All like, it wasn't until later that night, like I'm in bed and I'm like, what the hell? What? There you are in asking for communication all the time. And I didn't make the connection at the time. Like, I'm, you know, my brain is so like, get it done, get it done. And I'm like, those are your paranormal tools. If that was not an invitation to, to communicate, I don't know what it was. Like I could have said, <laughs> hey, is anybody there? Do you want to like, yeah, oh my God, so <laughs> I've had those experiences. Yeah. I'm like, I'll never know now. I'll never That's know. So funny. <laughs> oh, my God. That you're just like, uh, I'm excuse me, Mr. Ghost. I tried talking to you. I have a blog. Because, yeah. <laughs> okay. you know, my blog post is so important. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Do you want to get into your, like your big story? I'm so excited to hear it. Absolutely. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm so ready. (laughs) Okay. Well, you already know, you know, enough about how nerdy I am. And there for a while I was really involved and there were, um, I think there was like a couple of weeks. Oh, 10 years ago, at least a couple of weeks where I was doing lots of stuff. I was doing a seance experiment actually two of them i had organized two seances with a medium friend of mine at the time and i was doing research for it and we had already had one and we were getting ready for another and we had sitters and 
um, recording it and all kinds of stuff. So we, um, we had just done one of those like the night before or two nights before I had also, it was a big week. I had also helped a family um, who was going through some, some experiences. And so I went by myself, actually, I didn't have my team because it was just my team is all over the place. And so I said, okay, I'll come out. So I bring out all my stuff. And, and this was definitely a family that is not like paranormal nerds. They're not doing it for attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, they very respectable family. They've got like teenage daughters. So I came out and set up all the stuff and, you know, met with them and, did an investigation. It was most of the night. And so, um, and then my, you know, I'm always like between the podcast and blog, I'm always got my head somewhere in the paranormal. And so my sister and her wife were there at my house because they had just done the seance with me. And I, it's in the middle of the night and uh, my husband and I are in bed. He sleeps this whole time. So I am on my side of the bed, the right side of the bed, if that matters for your imagining. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I believe I was on my left side. I'm on my left side and I wake up. I would love to tell you that it was, you know, the bewitching hour, like three mm -hmm. o'clock in the morning. I don't remember what time it was, but it was <laughs> in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. And I woke up um, with my heart racing and I was cold. I was cold. My heart was racing. And it was just, I can't explain it. Like I haven't had these moments before. I knew that there was something going on, that there was something Ooh. dark, um, not from the light. I guess I'll just say that, you know, and I just knew. And so, you know, immediately I start thinking white light, white light. You know, you're like doing all your tricks, like, yeah, uh, you know, you're praying or you're you're imagining white light or whatever. And I'm like, what in the world? I've never, you know, it's this cold. You're worried something's going to happen feeling at the same time. You just woke up right stark mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. Then <laughs> suddenly um, a hand comes up over the right side of my bed. So this is the edge of the bed, right? A hand comes up over the side of the bed, grabs my shoulder, pulls me from my side to my back, right? Pulls me back. I don't see the hand, but intuitively, well, I'm okay. I'll back up. I grab for the hand. It's the kind of person I am. I want to know what's going on, right? I grab for the hand. I legit feel the hand. It's a cold hand and the hand immediately retreats. So like, I'm touching the hand just momentarily. The hand retreats intuitively in my mind. You know, it's a cold black hand that retreats over to the other side of the bed. So then I'm lying flat now in the bed going, oh, my Jesus, what just happened? Right. <laughs> so I'm like breathing heavily. I'm like, holy cow. I immediately start pinching myself. I'm like, am I awake? Yes, I'm awake. I've been awake for a while, right? Because I woke up with my heart racing, trying to figure out what's going on. My husband's still sleeping. I knew my sister was in the guest bedroom next door. So I wasn't going to like be like, hey, is anybody here? 
Yeah. <laughs> Creepy hand guy, are you here? Hello? <laughs> so um, I compromised with myself and I grabbed my iPhone on, you know, the nightstand and I go to the voice recorder and I hit record and I hold it up and I'm like, is anybody here? Oh no. <laughs> and I hold it up for a while. And at the same time, I'm truly freaked out and suddenly I'm chicken. I don't get, I don't get scared with the paranormal very often. I'm more afraid of, you know, human people. <laughs> sure, yeah. uh-huh. But at the same time, I'd never quite been grabbed over the side of my bed before. So I was like, I ain't getting out of bed. Like that's, mm. that's not a thing that's going to happen right now. Mm-hmm. So I just sit there and I let it record and I don't hear anything, but I let it record. Press stop. It probably takes like an hour for me to calm down and, you know, get the white light back. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And go to sleep. So I do. I can't believe I did, but I did get to sleep. The next morning, I listened to the recording. Nothing's there. But I also know that there is a recording. So I didn't dream the whole recording. There was mm-hmm. a recording. Mm-hmm. Part of my brain will always be wondering if I was in that, you know, like hypnagogic state, right. you know, that in between sleep. Sometimes I wonder if it's, you know, people talk about, what do they call it? Um, when you wake up, uh, par- sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. I wonder yeah. if that was some kind of sleep paralysis, but I was moving. I was able to move. But, um, and then another part of me, I've always poo-pooed the idea of like hitchhikers, like, you know, bringing ghosts home from locations. I'm like, well, God, look at everything that you were involved in that week. Like I was involved in so much stuff where I was inviting, you know, I was trying to get communication and I apparently got it if that's what it was. And I do remember like probably two nights later, um, waking up with that same feeling in the middle of the night, that cold heart racing thing. And I'm just like, Oh God, here we go. You know, but nothing happened. Nothing happened that time. So, you know, then there's also the part, (laughs) there's also the part of my brain where I'm like, is there, don't they say that there's like a side that men are not supposed to sleep on because I'm like (laughs) the heart, you know, because when my heart was racing, I'm like, was I just having a heart attack? I'm a fat old man. Like, I, is it something like that? Or, so, you know, the skeptic part of my brain is still going to go and still going to try to write it off, but it was definitely, it was definitely the only Like I've always told people, I don't have experiences that make me fear the paranormal. Nothing makes me fear the paranormal, but that, and I got over it really quick. Like it didn't like traumatize me or anything, but that was definitely not grandma. That was definitely not, um, you know, I guess I can't confidently say that, but it didn't feel like, you know, grandma. (laughs) Did it feel like more powerful or like more ominous? Then like it did feel ominous. And, and I guess part of that would just be what I felt when I woke up. So I don't know if, I mean, I guess part of it could have been, I've always said, uh, I hate when people talk about um, shadow people, you know, there's this people categorize shadow people as their dark entities. And so when I listen to a podcast or see an interview or something like, oh yeah, I have a shadow person in my house. And when they say shadow person, it's like they've given a bad name to all ghosts that form as shadows, like you're missed perhaps, you know? Yeah. 
who's to say that it isn't, you know, Aunt Susie and Aunt Susie, just the only energy she can muster is to, you know, pull herself up as a shadow. I would be so angry. (laughs) I'm like, no, I'm one of these. I'm a sleep paralysis demon. You know, that's a great point that I've never thought of. We do have a shadow person episode and it's funny because the person reached out to me and she's coming back on in the next coming weeks because she's realized what you're saying, basically. I don't want to give away, I don't want to spoil the story, but basically she thought it was very ominous and recently realized there's way, way more to it. It's not just like, like a scary, I'll tell you when we're done recording what she told me, but, (laughs) um, but so you're, I think you're onto something, honestly, it could be just a goat, someone being like, oh, you were here helping the living. I'm dead, but I also need help because you open yourself up to that. Well, if you think about it, it takes two entities to communicate, you know, it takes them reaching out to you. And then there's also you interpreting them. I also relate it to my eyesight. If I take my glasses off right now, I am pretty damn blind. Yeah. Right. I have very, very poor eyesight when I'm in bed, for example, or if I'm in the shower and not wearing my glasses, I have to pretty much put my hand right in front of my face in order to see it. So, you know, I relate it to that. Maybe I just don't see spirits like someone else will, just like some people are, you know, have psychic abilities and some people don't. So I hate that we, it just seems very elementary sometimes to be like, oh, well, it was a, um, I don't know. Oh, I could tell this is a earthbound spirit or I can tell right. this is a shadow person or I don't know. There's lots of categories we give for ghosts. And I'm like, we don't have this paranormal thing figured out. What makes None us think that we know the categories? Like I, we're, we're so not smart enough for that. <laughs> what was going through your mind when you touched the hand and it was there? Cause like, you know, nine out of 10 times you reach and you're like, Oh, it's my sweater. I'm an it. And then you just peacefully just go back to sleep. But when you actually, were you like, um, I'm going to die. <laughs> or, I, think, <laughs> I don't know. I think my brain was probably going so fast. My mind was going sure. so fast that I don't remember exactly sure, what I was thinking yeah. at that moment. But All I know is that, I I mean, I didn't see it. I felt it, but in my mind's eye, I could see it. And it was, and it was definitely cold. It was cold. And intuitively, it was a dark hand, a a really dark hand. I, I, you know, and it wasn't like a gentle, like, bloop, or, or, it was a, it was a grab my shoulder, pull me back to from my side to my back they moved you yeah they moved me and again I have no other experience like that so I'm hearing that I I hear that and I I I know that people right now are listening going oh my gosh freakazoid what is wrong with him you know like (laughs) I hear that I hear that and it sounds like a crazy person so I will never it's why I will never say oh it really was a hand it really was I think no, you're the only one telling you need to be nicer to yourself in general, I think, <laughs> uh, from what I'm picking up. But no one that listens to my podcast doubts you. <laughs> if anything, they're like, he needs to stop being so skeptical and talk to them. But they're they're obviously reaching out to you. You know, I, know it it's, feels like I, I frustrate myself. Stop yeah, blocking I get that, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 
but so I always want to talk to like ghosts and spirits but recently I was I think it was Ryan Singer I was talking to and he was like yeah you know to open your third eye like you're supposed to not do alcohol and not do coffee and I'm like maybe I don't want to talk to ghosts <laughs> like I don't know anyway but I mean I think you can keep the coffee and alcohol if you just stop thinking that you sound stupid for having these genuinely unexplainable ter- to me scary even though like I think ghosts are nice that's like an aggressive grabbing and pulling I don't know that's that's something the, else. I just we had this discussion I guess it was in my last interview I don't think it's out yet but I'm I'm pretty sure we we talked about that like I was like how come there there's this whole spiritual side and then there's the paranormal side and I tend to hear you know, there's the love and light side of the paranormal. And then there's the ghost hunting side of the paranormal. And, you know, I roll my eyes when I hear the whole, Oh, you need to not drink caffeine. And you need, and you know, people talk about the pineal gland, how, you know, you're supposed to, you know, by avoiding certain foods, your pineal gland, which is in the middle of the brain, like helps you, your third eye and all of that. And I like, I can't help kind of giggle a little bit when I hear that. Cause I'm like, how many fat unhealthy mediums have you heard, <laughs> heard about that are like smokers yeah and you know like they're sitting there yeah. with a cigarette in their hand and mm-hmm. they're <laughs> and they're crushing it they're seeing yeah them. it's like don't uh, I don't know I don't buy all that either I think that's nice if you need something to convince you to be healthier like I love the idea right. of like oh I'm I'm not drink not drinking because I'm alcoholic I just want to see ghosts like if that's what you need to tell yourself that's fine Um, and I do, you know, I try to be like healthy and, you know, whatever, again, another story for another podcast, but (laughs) if I have to give up coffee, I could not give up coffee. Oh uh, yeah. Mm -mm. So if that's, you know, and I, sometimes I do wonder, I'm like, is that why I don't really have, I'm kind of the same as you, you know, it's, I don't know if you feel this way, but sometimes I feel like an imposter in the paranormal field because I have had some experiences, but I'm not like, I, I don't feel as hyper intelligent as some, some other people that I have on, which I am thrilled that I have these super intelligent people on the podcast, but it does, it's weird to be so like into a community that you're not like necessarily experiencing as much as those around you. I don't know. I don't know. Well, and it's also weird that, that I don't feel I think most paranormal people would say, I'm not an expert. Most people do, you know, I mean, definitely people have expertise and they know a lot or they research a lot, but I I think most paranormal people feel that, um, or mediums or whatever, uh, you know, it's not a field that we, we don't, we don't know the basic X, you know, answers of the paranormal. Some of the most basic questions we're still asking. I don't think there can be experts you know, in this field. Yeah. And that whole imposter thing. Oh my gosh. I have imposter syndrome all the time. Um, you know, when I speak sometimes at places or, um, you know, not all of my podcast episodes have guests. Sometimes I'm speaking from like a knowledgeable place, but it's like, I'm like, I'm not at like, I went to school for music. Right. You know, Uh That's what it feels like. Like when I was thinking, uh, I've really gotten into it during the pandemic and I'm like, I feel like I need to pick a new specialty, like within the ghost world. I'm like, is it going to be EVPs or is it going to be, you know, mediums or. I do want to hear that you've gone out and tried it recently. I think you need to jump out there. (laughs) I feel like I've been pulled. I've had two investigators on the show and they were both like, you have to come with us. So I I just, it's only a matter of time. I'm going to get out there because I think I'll enjoy it. 
I am, I'm not scared of ghosts, but I do think I'm scared of the dark. So if they could come out in the light, that would be great. <laughs> like at 2 PM instead, that would be wonderful for me. But um, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there was another guest we had. who's like, it's not necessarily the ghost. It's the fact you're in an abandoned rusty building with shattered glass everywhere. Yeah, it's you dangerous. Don't know if there's like a drug addict hanging around the corner right. or like, a, I mean, it could, uh, I, um, I do you know the Lemp Mansion in St. Louis? It's been on a lot of shows. Um, it has a, a a huge history of like a lot of suicides and mm. uh, you know Victorian home, and it's a big mansion. And um, I spent the night there myself. It's also a bed and breakfast. I spent nice. the night there myself, and there was only one other couple there. They va- the owners and the the people who manage it they vacate the building. Oh. So you're there by yourself. And some people have been the only person there. If, if there's no other bookings and it's this famous, at least locally and on TV, it's this famous spooky, crazy place and it looks spooky. And I was there by myself. You know, I was doing some lives and I had some tools there and having some fun. And it was more freaky to me that there was another couple there. I knew there was another couple there because they yeah. told me, they said, you're not exactly alone. There's another couple here. And they were the floor above me. Oh. I never saw them, never saw them, but I knew they were there. So when you're kind of, you know, I'm, I'm on my Facebook live, I'm going around doing stuff and it's kind of darker and, you know, there's lots of little corners and stuff. And I was like, guys, I promise I'm not scared just cause I'm scared. Like, it's kind of freaking me out that I don't know what these people look like. I don't know if they're out yeah. around too, or are they staying in their room? <laughs> and I mean, I definitely think part of me was afraid of just being alone by, you know, when it's dark sure. in this place, I'm, I'm not that much of a badass that I wasn't scared, <laughs> but I think I was more afraid that there were people crawling around and I didn't know who they were or where they were. Like that's yeah. weird. Yeah. I don't <laughs> trust people at all, especially when it's just the two, like the two of us on you know even ground <laughs> I don't think so I wouldn't like that either I totally get what you mean I uh I always <laughs> I do this thing with my boy so I I scare easily of humans like we're saying more so than ghosts and I have this really bad habit of locking doors behind me not even just my front door like the door to my bedroom but I have this bad habit of like if da- if Dan is still downstairs doing something I will lock him out <laughs> And he'll come up and he'll be like, what the heck? You locked it? I'm like, sorry, it's a habit. You know, I'm like skittish. And he's like, yeah, but I would die. You're like in your brain, you're okay with me dying. And I'm like, that's not, I didn't think it out, but yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't open it if you were being chased right now. Like you'd have to find another room. So totally with you on that one. I get it. I get yeah. it. Is there any places that you investigated that like stood out to you? Like your favorite, you'd go back there tomorrow if you could. Um, there, let me think. Um, and, and when I give you the answer to this, it's not necessarily because of the activity that was going on. Cause I, you know, I, I don't, even the places I've investigated or, or the haunted touristy places that I go to, I don't ever have a lot of experiences, but there is a junior college, a uh, military academy, an old military academy junior college in my hometown in Missouri, um, went back to the 1880s 
and uh, huge, and it, it no longer functions. So it's just abandoned right now. Some of the experiences I had in those places, like there, for example, there was a photography dark room um, that a a student um, in the seventies, I believe, sixties or seventies, uh, hung hung himself. And that's been kind of a legend in the the town, but nobody like really has like documented proof, I don't think, of it. Sure. And I feel I don't have any evidence, but it's one of those feel things. Like I feel like I made a connection in that wow. that dark room. And um, you know, I don't always get, you know, like fluffy, intuitive, you know, feelings there. I feel like there was a connection there. That's one of them. Oh, gosh. I have a love for the Belvoir Winery in Liberty, Missouri. Do you know Belvoir? No, but I heard winery. That's why I got excited. <laughs> it was That's an fun. old orphanage. Oh, wow. And it's on Kindred Spirits a lot. It's been on a lot of TV cool. shows. And I know the owner. And so I've stayed there a few times. And it's a beautiful place. But there's a lot of, it's a beautiful, like, they had a lot of weddings there, winery, but there's also a lot of abandoned structures that right. is the typical like insane asylum kind of feel. I loved going to the Stanley. The Stanley was just for the history alone and the right. the beauty of it. Um, and, you know, when you sleep at the Stanley, stay overnight, you know, the wind and the creepy sounds and, you know, the mountains and the... Mm-hmm. that stuff is very real. You hear that. It sounds like the shining or real. Oh man. And that was awesome. You know, it, I, I have a lot of places I love going to and they aren't necessarily connected to like a ghost that jumped out and spooked me. <laughs> sure, yeah. I, I think I have one more question before we wrap up and it's how do you find the places that you're going to, I know you don't investigate anymore, but like when you did, how did you find these places? Um, a lot of times they fall in my lap. Um, that's very often how it works with my guests too. Like I, wow. um, I very rarely go and search for guests. A lot of time it's people that I have connections with or, um, you know, they contacted me and I w- really resonated with it or I met them or they just kind of popped into my world. Yeah. I mean, it's just um, like, for example, I had a former guest on my show who I would consider a friend and author um, reached out to me a while back and said, Hey, thought of you, we're going to Waverly Hills, you know, in a couple of months and we've got a few spots. Do you want to go? And I'm like, uh, shut up. Whoa, that's so cool. (laughs) I've never been to Waverly Hills and um, I've always, it's kind of been on a bucket list. And so, I mean, I don't travel a lot. I'm not a huge fan of traveling, and I'm a teacher, so unless it's summer, like there aren't a lot of you just can't take off and it's hard, yeah. You no, know, and you're not rich, so you can't just like <laughs> go and travel the world to all of the just paranormal places. <laughs> and then I'm also very much landlocked here in Missouri. <laughs> sure, yeah. So I mean, we have a lot of haunted, you know, historic places here, but a lot of the cool ones are East Coast or West yeah, Coast. Yeah, come to and, the East Coast. <laughs> you know, and and I I don't get there very often. So, but there are those places. 
Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause that's, that was my big thing with investigating. I'm always like, where do I even start? So I think I'm going to start in my hometown. I'm telling you my whole plan, but, um, because <laughs> the Poconos are pretty haunted where I'm from the Easter, like the East Stroudsburg area. I think I've mentioned it before. I was like, don't, don't harass my parents. There's like five people in that town. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I think it's a good start. Scranton's pretty haunted. Anyway, so, but that's always been like the barrier to entry is like, I don't, I'm too old to break laws that are like trespassing and stuff, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't have the energy to run from a cop. So yeah, don't do that. I've, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No one wants to, nobody's got time to sit in jail because they, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, because they thought like a, an old hotel. Yeah. 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 Um. Well, this was really great. I'm so excited you could be on the podcast. Honestly, it was a blast talking all spooky stuff. Um. So I kind of liked what you did. We don't normally ask, but like, do you have any final thoughts? And also, um, where can people find your podcast, find you, all that good stuff? Well, I guess final thoughts would be, I always encourage people if they're into this thing, you know, I never like to write off experiences, like I've said, but I don't think there's anything wrong with looking for answers and reaching out to the other side. I I don't do it as much anymore, but I love, you know, when people are excited about that and just wanting to communicate with life on the other side, whether you write it off like I do, or you're a complete believer. You know, I don't think there's a lot to fear out there i think everybody has their weird hand experiences probably but in general i don't think anything is out to to get us Mm -hmm. and that's just from from my perspective i guess so encourage people to be paranormal nerds um you can find my podcast at bigseance.com and again it's the big seance podcast and we We uh, focus a lot on spirit communication, a lot of ghosty things. I have a lot of psychic mediums, Um, but we've also had like uh, Uri Geller and. Yeah, um, dang it. I meant to talk to you about that. I'll have to have you back on because I saw that. I was like, holy cow. Anyway, continue. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, he messed with with my mind. Talk about put a post-it on your camera, on your computer when he got off. There was all kinds of stuff going on, but also. Oh, oh yeah. Like more recently, the, you know, producer and creator of Hocus Pocus, because my listeners and I tend to have a love for Hocus what? Pocus. So that was cool. And, you know, I've, we've had a lot of conjuring content. Speaking of, you know, the Hello. Warrens, we've had a lot of con- conjuring stuff. So, wow. Um, we get nerdy that much. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely check out the podcast. It's so much fun. And um, again, thank you so much for being here. It was great. Real Chills is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Chaskowski. The show is edited by Dan Getz, theme music by Sam Williamson, and artwork by Buffy the Design Slayer. Subscribe where you get podcasts and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Real Chills Podcast. Slide into those DMs with your true scary stories. Real Chills Podcast is a member of the Wasted Robot Network. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows, please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com podcasts.